It's 8 o'clock on today. Coming up, the heat is on. Record-breaking temperatures across the country and the world, leading to dangerous conditions. More than 50 million Americans under heat advisories, watches, or warnings. People say it's hot in Texas, but this is, like, different. It's hot. What officials are saying you should do to stay safe during these sweltering summer days. Then, in the spotlight, Prince Harry speaks out, making headlines during his speech at the UN. We are witnessing a global assault on democracy and freedom. His first public appearance since the royal reunion at the Queen's Jubilee. All the details just ahead. Plus, shark mystery. Carrie Sanders is on the hunt for the holy grail of shark science. Why scientists believe shipwrecks like this might actually be nurseries. Why do we care about the sharks? Without sharks, we don't have a healthy ocean. Without a healthy ocean, we don't have a healthy earth. Inside the breakthrough discovery behind real-life baby sharks. And shining stars. Lindsey Vaughn, the most decorated female skier in history, opening up about a personal challenge she's been facing for nearly a decade. The important message she's sharing. And from the slopes to the studio, Ethan Hawke is joining us to talk about his new project, documenting the amazing love story between one of Hollywood's most famous couples, the remarkable way he is sharing their incredible story. Today's Tuesday, July 19th, 2022. The twins, first time in New York. From Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, Cape Coral, Florida. Hi today for my 13th birthday. From Houston, Texas. Hi to our fellow teachers at Lighthouse Elementary in Jupiter, Florida. Good morning to our kids, Tyler and Drew. Back in Columbus, Ohio. Jones Family Vacation. Hi, Papa and Gigi. On our 25th anniversary trip from Indianapolis. Shout out to our students at Crockett Middle School in Odessa, Texas. Mother-daughter trip from Beville, Illinois for our 40th birthday. Married 50 years from San Diego. Monroe, Wisconsin. Love, Reginato. You know what? That's all. First of all, it is matching t-shirt day on the plaza. We all should get matching t-shirts too and join them. It's Tuesday, you guys. We're so happy you're with us. Savannah's enjoying a day off. Craig is here. Chanel yes, is good here. good morning. And we're going to head out and say hello in yes. a little bit. Yes. Uh, we want to welcome you in. We're going to start with our news at 8 o'clock. The extreme heat that has been making life uncomfortable, even dangerous for a lot of folks in the country. Well, now it is arriving east. Some 50 million Americans from coast to coast under heat advisories and warnings. Records are falling as temperatures soar above 90 degrees in more than half the country. Experts do warn that just 30 minutes of activity outside can lead to heat exhaustion. And heat can also trigger severe storms like the ones that flooded parts of New York yesterday. They were some wild uh, storms out there. Al's got the latest on what we can expect. Hey, Al, good morning. Hey, guys, good morning. And we've been talking about this heat not just here, but across the pond as well. Well, guess what? The all-time record, 102 in Britain. 
They broke that. Even though this says 102 right now in London, our good buddy Bill Karen's been monitoring this. He said Heathrow's London Airport, 103.5 degrees. Wow. That is crazy stuff. You can see triple digits to mid-90s. It will break tomorrow, except for the southern part of Europe. But in the meantime, here, we are looking at almost 90 million people under some sort of heat advisory, heat warning from Fresno, California, the southern plains, here into the northeast. We're going to be looking at these temperatures that are crazy. Air temperatures west of the Rockies, those temperatures are in triple digits. The feels like temperature is 110, although Dallas's air temperature 109. Uh, San Antonio will be 104. Savannah, 93, but it'll feel like it's in the triple digits. Tomorrow, those triple-digit heat indexes continue for Cincinnati, Nashville, Little Rock, air and feels like temperatures. Biloxi, 102. And I feel like 102 in Charleston. And it goes right into the weekend with mid-90s and high humidity in New York, D.C., Charlotte, Nashville, hitting 100 on Saturday. Triple digits for Little Rock into Saturday. And no relief in sight as we go into ne next week. Warmer than average temperatures. The plains into the mid-Atlantic, northeast, and the Pacific Northwest as well, guys. And the long-range trend, mm, yeah. long trend is this goes right into August. Wow. Mm. All right. Thanks, Al. I'll come back to you in just a few moments. The school board in Uvalde, Texas, held its first meeting last night since the release of a scathing report and new police body cam footage from the mass shooting back in May. Angry parents wanting to know what security upgrades will be in place when that school reopens. And they also demanded the firing of the school's police chief, if Pete Arredondo. By noon tomorrow then I want your resignation and every single one of you board members because y'all do not give a damn about our children or us. 19 teachers and, excuse me, 19 students and two teachers died in that massacre. A report by the Texas House on Sunday faulted systemic failures that led to hundreds of police officers waiting more than an hour before taking out the gunman. Now to a high-profile appearance at the U.N. yesterday. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle traveling to New York and honoring Nelson Mandela. The prince also spoke about some of the most urgent and divisive issues of our time. NBC's Joe Fryer has more. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle tend to make headlines wherever they go, and this trip to New York is certainly no exception. While honoring Nelson Mandela, the prince had some pretty critical messages for politicians in his adopted country. He also shared new insights on his love for his wife and memories of his mother. Arriving at the UN hand in hand, Duchess Meghan all in sleek black, Prince Harry making one of his most significant speeches to date. From the horrific war in Ukraine, to the rolling back of constitutional rights here in the United States, we are witnessing a global assault on democracy and freedom. With that remark, the prince appeared to criticize the Supreme Court for its decision to remove federal abortion protections. This followed remarks recently by Meghan to Vogue magazine, in which she and feminist Gloria Steinem urged men to be more vocal about the controversial Supreme Court decision. Meghan and Steinem were later seen out together. But in his keynote for Mandela, the prince also revealed his enduring love for Africa. Since I first visited Africa at 13 years old, I've always found hope on the continent, a place where I've found peace and healing time and time again. It's where I felt closest to my mother and sought solace after she died, and where I knew I had found a soulmate in my wife. Diana famously walked through a minefield in Africa, a walk repeated by Harry during his African tour with Meghan. 
He and Meghan visited Botswana twice before they were married, working to conserve elephants. Prince Harry told Hoda in April his focus now is his family. My sort of mantra now every day is, and it's, it's, it's a dangerous one because I need to make sure that I don't have burnout, but is trying to make the world a better place for my kids. Mm. Otherwise, what's the point in bringing kids into this world, right? It's a, it's a responsibility that I feel as a parent. As we saw, this is not the first time Harry and Meghan have weighed in on politics. They spoke about voting and misinformation ahead of the 2020 election. But this might be Harry's most pointed speech so far, and many are wondering if there's more to come. Back to you guys. We shall see. All right, Joe, thank you. All right, coming up, we have a treat. Issa Rae will join us live on Popstart with a special announcement about a first for today. We're really looking forward to that. Also looking forward to this one as well. Another eye-opening shark watch well, story from our guy, Carrie Sanders. Carrie, this one took you to the site of a famous shipwreck off the North Carolina coast, right? And the question is, where do sand tiger sharks give birth? And scientists may now know because of this little electronic doohickey. We'll have those details coming up. All right, looking forward to the doohickey the right, after these, right after these messages. Hi everyone, I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna book club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. Listen up, true crime fans. It's a big murder trial underway. This Dateline is launching a new podcast with Andrea Canning. Welcome to Dateline True Crime Weekly. We'll cover breaking crime news around I the mean, country. It is the twists, the turns, the With craziness. the best reporters on the case, NBC News analysts, and Dateline producers on the ground. Break it down for us. Just You'll just get fresh insights and behind-the-scenes scoops from crime scenes to courtrooms. That is bizarre. Stay in the, the know and up yesterday. to date. So tell us what he said. It Follow Dateline True Crime Weekly to get new episodes starting Thursday. Wherever you get your podcasts. Back now, 816 with Shark Watch on today. This morning, a confounding mystery about these creatures. So where do sharks give birth? It's a good question. Who to copy? In the wild, spotting a shark giving birth, apparently quite rare. But this morning... What may be a breakthrough in understanding where at least one type of shark has its babies. The babies are called pups. NBC's Carrie Sanders joins us now with a closer look at, at the little understood sand tiger shark. Carrie, good morning. Well, good morning, guys. The sand tiger shark, it's found both in the Atlantic and the Pacific, and it can appear scary. It's up to 10 feet long, has gnarly teeth, but they typically do not interact with humans in the water. So we decided to jump in with about 30, and that's where scientists are using this electronic device. Now, what they do is they place it inside a pregnant shark. And then when the baby is born, it pops out and it floats to the surface and it reveals where a baby shark was just born. And surprise, it is not where scientists thought. We're 15 miles east of Cape Lookout, North Carolina. It was long believed sand tiger sharks gave birth much closer to shore in shallow waters. 
But today, our target depth is 60 to 90 feet, where the mystery location for giving birth may now be solved. It's here, during World War II, a German U-boat sank the freighter Carib Sea. Now an artificial reef, it's where we find more than 30 sand tiger sharks circling, some up to 10 feet long. Do they want to eat us? They look terrified, but they don't want to eat us. Arizona State University natural sciences researcher Dr. James Sulikowski is hoping to confirm a theory that some pregnant mother sharks find their way to wrecks like this to gestate their pregnancies and then give birth. You've never seen one give birth, have you? That's the holy grail of shark science. If we can find that out, then we can protect that area. New evidence that these deep waters harbor a special place for mother sharks begins not with science, but rather with Tanya Hoppermans, an underwater photographer and natural historian. She snapped this photo of a shark she named Claude on a wreck, a newborn where a newborn would not be. Up until that point, current conventional wisdom said that sand tiger sharks are probably giving birth inland, shallow water. But here was a baby shark on a wreck, 100 feet down offshore. That wasn't expected. And that evidence, the picture itself, caused scientists to say, let's take another look. That and a lot of other evidence that I had been gathering over the previous years, between observations, photographs, and just things that I had seen in sand tiger behavior that said maybe the story that is out there right now really isn't what's going on. Tanya's a former mathematician who had made numbers her life, so it was only natural to begin counting sharks and use lasers to measure their sizes. Then she connected with shark expert Sulukowski. What was your reaction when you first heard about this coming from the non-scientific community? My first reaction is, let's go check it out. Let's go find out if this is actually happening. Together, they found a pregnant sand tiger shark, inserted a birth alert tag, and performed an ultrasound. We're looking at a baby shark and mom, teeth, body, everything. It's looking back at you. It's absolutely incredible. The next day, the tag alerted. The shark gave birth over a wreck. Now we have to find out how true it really is. Did we get lucky? Was it by chance? We have to go through the scientific method to really prove that these sand tiger sharks are using these wrecks as sort of a nursery area for their baby sharks. Scientists believe sand tigers, like other species of sharks, are in decline. These sharks with two uteruses only give birth to one pup per womb, possibly every few years. One other surprise, scientists thought that sand tiger sharks gave birth in spring, but this device signaled a birth in December. So clearly so much more to learn. Guys, God, so wow. many nice. questions. Yeah. Little time. Thank you finding a pregnant tiger shark, too. Yeah. What you got? All right, not nothing that cool. Let's show you <laughs> what we have, though, as far as your weather is concerned. For today, we are looking at southeastern storms, record highs down through the plains, severe storms in the northern plains, sunshine out west.
They're still trying to figure out where that little doohickey goes. <laughs> we don't have time. All right. Time Best time tomorrow. of the it's day. always tomorrow, guys. Pop start. <laughs> First up, Steven Spielberg. We teased that the legendary director, known for bringing Hollywood's most iconic stories and sweeping landscapes to life on the big screen, recently took on a much more intimate project for the very first time in his career. Steven Spielberg directed a music video, and he released the project yesterday with Mumford & Sons singer Marcus oh. Mumford. Wow. Now, they shot the video earlier this month in a New York City high school gym. Spielberg's wife, Kate Capshaw, is credited as the producer, art director, and dolly grip. <laughs> the song's called Cannibal. Well, it's a razor-thin line between genius and, I mean, that could be... Us. A kid, right, on an iPhone, but yeah. that's Steven Spielberg. On a rolling chair. Because he's not cool? a music video. That song is fantastic, too. Right. Marcus Mumford opening so. up about this insane career milestone when he wrote on social media. When people get it, it blows my mind. Kate and Steven just got it, and I can't thank wow. them cool. enough. Cool. Okay, Pretty yeah. cool. Now an exclusive reveal in Popstart this morning. Today's launching a brand new digital cover series, and who better to help us reveal this debut edition than our inaugural cover star herself, Issa our cover girl is here. By the way, we haven't seen it. Let's drum roll, please. Oh, yes. Let's debut the. There it is. I'm sorry. And it's in motion. It is so beautiful. Tell us about doing this cover shoot. This cover, like, I hadn't done. Uh, any photo shoots in like six months. So we ended, yeah. or probably longer. We ended mm -hmm. the show in December, and mm -hmm. this was such an amazing experience. We got to shoot it in a house outside in the beautiful mm. uh, LA weather. Mm. And it was just, you know, the photographer, shout out to her, she just killed Ooh. it. So Congrats on Insecure, by the way, is the show, if people don't know. It was fantastic. Thank it was a big yeah. Yeah. I know. Thank I was, you. I was just telling Hoda this morning, I've never seen anything like this. It almost reminded me, the, the writing is beautiful, the, the pictures, mm. and as you're scrolling and reading the art, Article, you see these videos and these in motion. The photo shoot. It's, just, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's cool. And well, you, thank y'all for making me your first cover. Yeah. <laughs> you open up really yeah. personally mm -hmm. in this. I mean, that's really unusual for you. <laughs> you know, Sylvia it? is one of those interviewers who just is like talking to your girlfriend. So mm -hmm. she caught me a couple moments, <laughs> even a little too much. So, you know. A couple hours later, you're like, what did I yeah, say? Yeah, what did I say? I wasn't, I wasn't even like... drinking. <laughs> well, you're going to be joining us a little later on the fourth hour to talk yeah. some more. Issa. We're so happy that you're here. Congratulations. Wait, is this your first anniversary coming up of your marriage? You know, it is. It oh, is. Wow. Happy anniversary. anniversary. Thank year. you. Yeah. That and happy a billion projects. Yeah. yeah, I made it. That's that's one project on the end of it. You can read the full story, by the way, today.com. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Issa will be back with us on uh, Jenna. And we look, we so look forward to it. Thanks again. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. All right. Just ahead, we've got even more stars. Award-winning actor Ethan Hawke and Olympic legend Lindsey Vaughn. They both are Arrive. We can't wait to chat with them about the many things keeping them busy. Ethan's got an incredible project we're going to reveal. Yay, hey, everybody, welcome back. We are glad to see our lively crowd. Uh, we had to say last time, y'all, on the plaza, we had a great time with Lizzo. She put on an oh, epic awesome. yeah. concert. And you know what? We're going to keep the fun going around here. More music on the way, right, Carson? That's right. This week, Romeo Santos is taking over the plaza. 
Romeo, former lead singer of Aventura. So we're looking forward to that. We've got some big news to announce about more performances, too, that we've got coming in our big summer concert lineup. Good That's on. right. Uh -huh. Get a load of this, folks. Panic at the Disco. Whoa. Yep. They're going to be here on August 19th. That's one month from today. Little, Little Big, big Town. Town. They're taking over the plaza. That's September 16th. That's my anniversary. Five, Five seconds, seconds of summer. summer. Woo! Rounding it out. September 30th. A lot of amazing concerts left. Summer's not over yet. So y'all hey. come back. Y'all all come back all for right. the shows. Just ahead, guys, a guest uh, we've been looking forward to all morning, Ethan Hawke. He's got a new series. It's about the love story between Hollywood legends Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward. Woodward. This is incredible. They use their own interviews, their, and they're voiced by George Clooney and Laura Linney. So you're hearing the words of Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward spoken with great old video. It's incredible. Can't wait to talk to Ethan about this concept. This is a fantastic concept, too. Uh, and then Lindsey Vaughn, the Olympic great herself as uh, she is here and Lindsay has a really important health message that she's decided to share after struggling behind the scenes with it for nearly a decade now and coming up in the third hour a consumer confidential you don't want to miss as you're cranking the AC this week we're going to talk about how to reduce your utility and electric bills does that sound good yeah, yeah. of course even during this scorching summer heat we're going to yeah. do that uh, before that we just want to say welcome back to one of our favorite cameramen yes. he's been gone for eight weeks he had open heart surgery. His name is Jimmy Corrigan, y'all. Jimmy! Jimmy! Uh, hey, guys, on three, can we say welcome back, Jimmy? Uh, One, we, two, thank you. three. Welcome <laughs> back, Jimmy! We love you. Thank you very much. How are you feeling, Jimmy? I feel great. That's great. Right. Yeah, great. Uh, I get the heart of a 35-year-old, they tell me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love you. Uh, you'll recognize so much, Jimmy though. from a lot of Al Roker harassing. Yeah. That's, right. That's right. Yeah. Jimmy's, <laughs> always, Jimmy's always photobombing my pictures with the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of folks have pictures of Jimmy going. <laughs> exactly. It's good to have you All back. Right. So now mention the heat. We're looking at another yeah. scorcher. Yes, we are. Let's take a look, show you what's going on for today and tomorrow. Starting off with today, uh, we are looking for those southeastern storms. Uh, it's not going to be too bad here in the northeast today, but it gets worse tomorrow. Record highs down through Texas and Central Plains. Heat along the Pacific Northwest Coast. And then for tomorrow, the heat builds in the northeast. More record warmth in the Central and Southern Plains. Hot and dry out west with scattered showers through the southeastern Atlantic Coast. And that is your latest weather. Thank you. Well, uh, coming up next, we're going to sit down with Ethan Hawke to talk about his new series. It's a very revealing side of Hollywood legends Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward. You have never seen them this way before. But first, this is today on NBC. Newman and Joanne Woodward were two Hollywood icons who shared a rare 50-year marriage. Their real-life story just as captivating as the decades of performances in movies and TV and on Broadway. Well, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke is the director behind the epic six-part series, The Last Movie Stars. It uses transcripts from lost Paul Newman interviews, and it illustrates the couple's incredible story. He casts some major A-listers to narrate the project, including George Clooney as Paul Newman. Okay, uh, Ethan, welcome in. This project is so unique and epic, I feel like. You had a treasure trove of interviews that came from transcribed tapes, and basically the Newman family, Newman's daughter came to you and said, here's here's my parents, please make something with all this. I know, it, it felt like a giant responsibility. I mean, I really was desperate to say no. Yeah. You, you know, because I 
knew how much work it would be and what a huge responsibility it would be. But I'm too much of a sucker. I'm, I'm a romantic, and I've, I grew up loving and adoring them. And I felt like people were kind of forgetting about what a miracle they were, what amazing artists they were. They lived substantive lives. They were good citizens um, mm -hmm. of the world and the community. They took care of each other. And it felt like a great moment to say, no, it can be done. It you know, can It be can done. be done. We can love each other. We can take care of each other. We can live good lives. And we can have a great time while we're doing it. Well, we learned so many things in this. Number one. When everyone thinks of the two of them, we think of Paul Newman as the big star. But that wasn't how it started, was it? He was her, her boy toy boyfriend at the beginning. You know, I mean, she was she won the Oscar. She was heralded as you know Hollywood's shining light. Three Faces of Eve blew the world away. Yeah. As you know, as a young woman, and it took him a little longer to find his stride. Mm -hmm. You know, but shortly after they married, then the Hustler came out and his career broke, and then he blew up. You know what I love about this? Because we hear about the love story of Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward, and you actually hear it in their own words. I mean, these are these are tapes. They'd done lots of audio tapes that were transcribed. Yeah, they were, Newman was trying to write a memoir, and so uh -huh. he and Joanne hired their best friend, who's named Stuart Stern, who, he wrote Rebel Without a Cause and a lot of great movies, and he was a really close family friend, and they did interviews with everybody in Paul and Joanne's life and then Paul abandoned the memoir and abandoned the tapes but I had they had trend they had them transcribed so I got my actor friends to read some of these uh, to reenact these interviews wow. and I built the basically the spine of the documentary is all these lost interviews of their closest friends talking about them I thought what was fascinating about the memoir that Paul Newman was thinking about was I didn't realize that Paul Newman had been married before yeah that he had a wife and a family yeah. when he met Joanne Woodward. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean a lot of people don't know that their this beautiful marriage was born out of you know from scandal. Yeah. You know, they you know, but Paul's generation, it was a tough time. I mean, he came back from World War II. Yeah. Uh, he, as soon as he arrived, he went to do a play in Summerstock and fell madly in love. Yeah. And before he knew it, he had three kids with somebody he didn't know very well, and he still was, he was running a sporting goods store. And then it, that wasn't his true self. He wanted to be an actor, and he wanted to be an artist. He moved the young family to New York. Met Joanne backstage. They were both understudies, you know, around the corner from here on, wow. uh, on Broadway. And his life changed so dramatically. Uh, it, it was unrealistic to think he was going to, that it, you know, that yeah. something like this couldn't happen. Something could like happen. this would happen. Yeah. When you think about him, he's known for those piercing blue eyes and that sex appeal. But it's funny that I, he didn't think he was so sexy. Like we learned that. He says that, you know, Joanne created that image. And I really? think that what he means is, he respected her so much, and her confidence in him uh. kind of taught him who he could be, her belief. And they did that for each other. You know, he directed her in many, many projects. He, I mean, they took turns nurturing each other, um, you know, who was the rose and who was the gardener, uh -huh. so to speak. You know? Well, I thought it was fascinating, uh, Ethan, just how revealing Joanne was, revealing in those tapes about 
her reluctance to have children. She didn't think movie stars made good moms. Yeah. And she said the words aloud. I know, we're not allowed wow. to say things yeah. like that, even though we all think it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. But I felt if an actor was going to make a movie about actors, that we needed to tell the truth. And I think that Joanne, when she talks about parenting that way, she loved her children, and she loved being a mother to them. But I, my interpretation of her going all this is that she really wanted to remind young women what it was that they, they were giving up. That, that, you know, her life, she got strong-armed mm -hmm. into a certain lane. Yeah. You know, her whole dreams of being the movie star that Paul got to be were... They were really pushed aside, and that's what society does to a lot of young women. She was warning them, hey, before you go gonzo in love, be, be, <laughs> make sure you know what you're doing. And I think the end of their life was fascinating, that she had dementia, he, he had cancer, and yet in the, in the end, you know, she, she was distant from him because she didn't, I guess, you know, she was in that different state, but she ended up going to him in the end, uh, as, as her, their daughter described, and seeing him take his last breath. It's so beautiful. Um, it's, you know, death and illness is, is always strikes us as, as sad, and what this movie, what I really wanted to do is focus on their life. Yes. It's a life well lived, and their life together in their 70s was the best part time of their wow. life. She's running a theater company. Yeah. She's really her fully realized version of herself. They're giving away hundreds of millions of dollars. He's doing Color of Money, Verdict, Nobody's Fool, some of the best work yes. in his life. And when you think, you know, right around the corner from here was is the actor's studio. And <laughs> Paul Newman, Joanne Woodward were in class there with James Dean, Marlon Brando, Marilyn Crazy. Monroe. And when you look at their peers in their 70s yeah. were not yes. in full blossom yeah. the way Paul and Joanne were. Well, Ethan, this is an incredible project. It is unique. It's all by itself. You have George Clo Clooney, uh, Lara Linney, and so many others. Congratulations on this. We encourage people to check it out. Yeah, I'm grateful to all my friends for helping. I'm so grateful. Uh, thanks for having me on your show. Uh, you can check out all the episodes of The Last Movie Stars. It's streaming this Thursday on HBO Max. Craig, over to you. Looking forward to that. Uh, from Ethan hawk to the most decorated female skier in history. Lindsey Vaughn is here. Uh, we're going to talk about life after leaving competitions behind, and we're also going to talk about a very common health issue that she has faced that a lot of folks will be able to relate to. We'll do that right after this. But first, this is Today on NBC. If you ever needed to be persuaded that bad things can happen anywhere, then take a journey with us. From compelling mysteries to in-depth investigations, our Dateline episodes are available as podcasts. Follow Dateline NBC now to get new episodes every Tuesday. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Great storytelling with a twist from the True Crime Original. Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. 
I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. We are back. It is 846, and we're back with the greatest female skier of all time, Lindsey Vaughn. 82 World Cup wins, 20 World Cup titles, three Olympic medals to her name, and lately she has been... She's really been peeling back the curtain on her remarkable life and career so far. Always good to have you. Thanks for coming back. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So you're, you're here to, to, to start, at least, by talking about this health struggle that you've been dealing with uh, for a long time that a lot of folks who are watching and listening can probably relate to. What have, you, what have you been struggling with? I've actually had insomnia for quite some time, and it started when I had my first big knee surgery. And, you know, as an athlete, you know how important sleep is. And... I was, you know, laying in bed after surgery in a lot of pain and trying to sleep, and I couldn't, and the anxiety behind it just really got me down this really bad path of repetitively not sleeping. And, uh, you know, I approach my sleep just like I approach my skiing career, yeah. and I've tried so many different things to try um, to rectify that, and I hadn't found anything until now. And um, I'm so excited to be partnered with Idorcia and to be able to share my sleep story with everyone. I think insomnia is something that so many people struggle with. Um, and I think, you know, to your point, lately yeah. I've been really talking more about, you know, different things that I've encountered in my life. And through my book, I feel like um, I've gotten so much good feedback, positive feedback. Yeah. And, and um, so I think, you know, for me, it was important to share this and help others in the process. We should mention you're a paid spokesperson for I endorse you, but where are you now on, on your sleep journey? I'm rested. I feel okay. great. Yeah, I feel awesome. Um, I think I'm just in a really great place in my life. You know, I'm healthy. I'm happy. I'm well rested. I'm, you know, approaching life every day with um, a lot of energy and enthusiasm. And I get a lot of that from my mom, but a lot of that from my sleep as well. You mentioned mom, and you've talked a little bit about um, what she's going through. How is she? Um, she's struggling, you know, um, but uh, my family is amazing, and they've all really come to her side, and we're doing the best that we can. Please uh, send along our thoughts and our prayers from the show as well. Thank you. Um, let's, let's talk about Lindsey Vaughn these days. The book you mentioned, um, you've been out a bit talking a little bit more about your mental health struggles that you've dealt with over the last decade or so in, in Rise. Why, why now? Why, why peel back all these layers at this particular point in your life? Well, I think retirement was a really uh, important time for me to reflect on my life and who I am as a person. You know, I think skiing has really defined me for the majority of my life. And I think writing my memoir was a really therapeutic process. And, you know, talking about my depression and talking about, you know, a lot of the injuries and other obstacles that I've faced in my life, I've just kind of been in this reflective moment. Um, and again, you know, I think my, my book, I've gotten so much great feedback from my book and, you know, how it's helped others. And so I, I've just realized that, you know, I've learned a lot and I yeah. can share a lot and hopefully help people in different ways. I read that you broke up with the slopes for a bit. I did. Yeah. It was a slight breakup. About a year. I needed some away time. But you reconciled now. We did. We got back together. We're very happy now. Yeah. I'm able to ski with my family. And I went on my first ski vacation last year. 
You, your first ski vacation? Since vaca I was like nine okay. or maybe seven. Okay. Yeah. Because it was work for all those years. I Not mean, really I, I never saw my career as work. Yeah. But yeah, I, I hadn't been with my family skiing since I was a child. I caught these pics on, on the gram of, of you checking off a bucket list item. This was skiing at midnight in Iceland? Yes, I did. It was so crazy. Why was that on the bucket list? I mean, I'm pretty adventurous, so, uh, you know, anything that I can do that's new and exciting and, you know, will get my adrenaline pumping. It's a little hard for me to get my adrenaline going these days. I would imagine. So, um, this was something that uh, I had the opportunity to do, and I jumped at the chance. What's next for Lindsey Vaughn? And don't say another dog, because I know you have three. <laughs> you can't take on any more dogs. I think three is my limit yeah. for now. Um, I don't know. I'm just really excited to share my story. And, you know, I, I'm a, a pretty open book. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm just, you know, kind of sharing what I'm going through on Instagram and, you know, spending time with my family and friends and just... You know, my, I take my mom's approach. Every day is a great day. And uh, I'm very thankful to be here and to be where I am. So I don't take that for granted. You do not. And again, please tell mom hello. Thank you. Uh, I, it's, it's easy to see how you got so much strength uh, being familiar with her story. Lindsay, thank you. We love you so much. We look forward to seeing you soon. And we are back with more on a Tuesday morning. But first, this is Today on NBC. Jars of Smuckers and spin them and see who we've got. First up, it is a happy 101st birthday to Helen Dasher, a Clemson football fan from Saluda, South Carolina, God's country, Craig. She's proud to share that she graduated high school a little more than 80 years ago this month. Wow. Nice. Melvin Chambliss is 100, an outdoorsman, is from Union Springs, Alabama, worked for the same company for 30 years before retiring. Nice. Happy 101st birthday to Margaret Dupree of Philadelphia, PA. She says the secret to longevity, I love this, Eat dessert first. Here, here. That's oh, wow. it. Just get that in right away. Yeah. Dolores Melde is from Scottsdale, Arizona, a proud grandma who's 100. She's got 30 grandkids, 32 great grandkids, Woo. and there's one more on the way. Hey, Richard Rutledge, 100. He's an accomplished pilot from Atlanta, Georgia. He was a member of the Tuskegee nice. Airmen, nice. and he became one of the first African-American warrant officers. We salute you for your service, sir. And love is in the air. Happy 75th Woo. anniversary to Jack and Lois Amig of Winter Park, Florida. These lovebirds met freshman year at Ohio State University while studying music education, and they've been making beautiful music ever since. Hey Very cool. Uh, and if you know somebody marking a milestone, let us know at today.com slash celebrate. And it's, it's mom's birthday. Five kids. Birthday, Five kids. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Very nice. A beautiful family. What's your name? Allie. Allison. Very yep. nice. And where are you guys from? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Well, that's very cool. What's your name? My name is Hildy. What's your name? <laughs> What's your name? Dina. What's oh! your name? 
What's your name? Got them all in. Canute. Oh, yeah. What's your name? Svea. All right, there you go. Wow. Happy birthday, Mom. All right, Dad, do some Mom a favor. Just take the kids away and let Mom hang out. <laughs> right. We'll be back. Mom wants for a birthday. And now. We'll be back with Issa Rae. She's taking over our Today.com cover shoot. Coming up next to the third hour, a must-see for true crime junkies. We're going to take you behind the scenes of a forensics, forensics lab using some new DNA technology to solve cold cases. Yeah.